Welcome to Ganjapreneur, helping Ganjapreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Ganjapreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Ganjapreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Lose. The Gontrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Ah Warner, founder and CEO of Cannabis Basics, a premium hemp and cannabis topicals producer since 1995. Ah was winner of the 1999 Hemp Times Bioneer Award for Outstanding Achievement in Body Care. She has been featured in Cannabis Now magazine for her entrepreneurial savvy, honored as Dope Magazine's Patient of the Month for her advocacy work on behalf of the cannabis plant, and recently received a special award from the MJBA Women's Alliance for her focus and dedication to the women in Washington's cannabis industry. She's a proud member of the American Herbal Products Association and is a member of their cannabis committee. She's also founder and executive director of the International Cannabis Health and Beauty AIDS Producers Alliance. She's an active participant in nearly every respected cannabis organization that exists, and we are thrilled to have her with us today. Welcome, Ah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. So uh, in the first several years of medical cannabis topicals, we've seen a lot of different producers and a lot of different uh, quality, shall we say, but very few formulations that are actually really effective and also pleasurable to use. What attributes make for a really great topical? Well, I think it's important that, um, you know, we're working with this beautiful plant. I, I think it's really important that we stay as natural as possible. So for me, when I look in a quality topical, first off, I want no chemical preservatives and no man-made fragrances. Man-made fragrances uh, will create a barrier on our skin. And so not only will it not let the therapeutic effects of all the natural botanicals do their, you know, absorb, but it also keeps us from detoxing. It, it keeps us from releasing the CO2 from, from our skin. And we, we also, when we use these man-made fragrances, we also do not get the benefits from the natural terpenes from, from the essential oils that we should be using. So we don't get the terpene effect. We also don't get, you know, penetration from those terpenes. So I, I see. So we want to we want to stay as close to the basics, so nothing blocks the, the the health that we can get from the terpenes and the other natural constituents. In some way, though, we do have to mix it with something to to create a vehicle for the oil. Um, I'm assuming that uh, you think that we should stick with natural. I guess solvents isn't the right word, but vehicles uh, as well to mix with our oil. Absolutely. I mean, vehicles. When we're talking vehicles, you know, the, my product line. I have massage oil. I have lip butter. I have pain cream. And so if you're talking about, you know, carrier oils or, or the rest of the botanicals that, that make up a formula, you know, as natural as you can go, shea butter, cocoa butter, uh, coconut oil, 
olive oil are all great oils to be used as carriers. It sounds to me like, so my mom says, oh, uh, she says, oh, the rule for product development is kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And it sounds like it's the same kind of idea that adding more is not necessarily going to be better. Keeping the product as stripped down so that you've got a very clean and effective medicine is, is, is what you're saying is the way to go. Absolutely. Keep it simple. However, I, I really feel like cannabis topicals are not just about THC. And so, you know, you really want to bundle these cannabinoids. And, you know, I also am very, the foundation of my, my entire line is hemp seed oil for a completely different set of reasons. You want to keep that as at the forefront, but also bundle it up with a lot of other great botanicals so that you have, an, you know, if you will, an entourage effect. Like I use a lot of tea tree and arnica that are also very effective for, for quite the same reasons that uh, cannabinoid therapy is. Mm, that's a that's a good delineation. So so I'm there are many different uses for these topicals, but as far as I can tell, they fall into two big categories. One is being pain relief, and the other is uh, for dermatological formulations. So mm-hmm. one where you want to get it to soak into the skin, and one where it's more topical. Can you kind of explain the difference between those kind of formulations and their uses? Well, I, what you'll find in the in the health and beauty aids market uh, is that we really have to pigeonhole products to be a single-use item for marketing purposes. But the fact of the matter is many of the products that we use every day could be, have multiple uses. So my products, I, my two pain creams are just as great for eczema and psoriasis. So because of the actual benefits of the cannabinoid therapy, you're talking, you know, it's anti-inflammatory, analgesic, and antispasmodic for the pain relief, but it's also in itself, in, in the same formulation, great for eczema and psoriasis. It's antibacterial, antifungal, deals with, you know, foot odor because it deals with bacteria. Um, when people ask me what, like how cannabinoid therapy what it's like, it's I, I liken it to the best of both tea tree and arnica. And so you're dealing with those surface skin issues as well as muscle and, you know, inflammation and pain issues. You must spend a lot of time educating bud tenders when you've got <laughs> products that are only for one thing and then products that can be used for multiple things. And they, they each have got subtleties to provide different kinds of relief. There must be a lot of education in that to make sure that the person who's actually talking to the customer is getting the right information. There really has been a ton of education, and I'd like to give my, you know, props up to all of my competitors here in the state of Washington. You know, we really have created this marketplace, and it it has been uh, painstaking because we really had to, one, edu- get them to buy into topicals were even a thing that they would want to sell, and then get all of the bud tenders to really get behind these products you know, and it meant like in, like any other marketing campaign, giving a lot of product away and having them use them for themselves. And you know, once they buy in, it you know, it's it's all it's all good from there. <laughs> so there, you know, a lot of the different formulations have got wildly different concentrations of cannabis in them. Mm-hmm. And um, I've sampled a bunch, and I've I've you know written a lot of reviews, and and some of them I got nearly no effect and others really took care of my carpal tunnel syndrome to like soothe it and to give me that anti-inflammatory you know outside of patient diving in and learning everything about it are there any rules of thumb that can be used so that people know that they're buying something that's potent enough 
Right. Well, there, there's a couple school. There's a couple things I want to say about this. You want to make sure that whatever THC level is is in, or you know, other constituents, whatever level it is, that you want to make sure that there are terpenes there to actually you know, carry it into the lower layers of the skin if you're looking for, you know, muscle or pain relief. I would like to make a point that um, the legislation that I just co-authored, it really showed, it really defines the difference between my world and what I consider cannabis health and beauty aids. And those are products that are less than 0.3% THC. So, even anecdotally, we know that these products are very helpful in many, many maladies. And then there are a separate division of products that I would consider medical-grade topicals, and those are products that are above 0.3% THC. But whether you have a high concentration or a low concentration, you need to make sure that whatever it is bundled with is effective in getting it down into the lower layers of the skin. And then I'm talking about terpenes or emu oil if you choose to use an animal byproduct. It sounds again that we're back to making sure that that entrepreneurs educate their bud tenders on what the difference is in the product and what it can be used for and to make sure that they can pass that information on to the consumer so they know what they're getting and they know they're getting the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. I do see a lot of stuff out there that that I'm not crazy about. I would like to encourage anybody that's getting into this to please keep it, you know, keep it as natural as possible because once you start once you start really adding a lot of preservatives for shelf life, you really take down the quality of the product itself. And you know, and if we're talking about patients here, patients need you know, I mean, I, my health and beauty aids, I target to all health conscious consumers. So you don't necessarily have to be a patient to uh, buy health and beauty aids. But when we're talking about patients with serious issues, we want to keep these products as clean as possible. So that would be my advice. Right on, right on. Well, thanks, Ah. We're going to take a short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. 
I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los, and our guest this week is Ah Warner of Cannabis Basics. So Ah, before the break, we were talking about all the variety of topicals that there are. You know, sometimes I will get one and it will be separated in the jar. What kind of formulations do you recommend that will stay together? And, and I'm, I'm asking this question more from an entrepreneur's side than from a consumer's side. For folks that are looking to develop their own topicals, where do you recommend that they consider starting for something that's going to you know, help them have a successful product from day one and then they can learn from there? Yeah, you know, it depends on the product. It depends on what you are going to use the product for. I mean, and making a massage oil where you don't need an emulsifier, that's not going to separate on you, you as long as you have all oil-soluble sol- uh, constituents. Uh, my two pain creams are something pretty rare in this industry as far as I know because I think that most of my competitors actually take an already built lotion and then they will add their you know, cannabinoids to them. If you are going to actually make a true emulsification, you're going to need to do that in your process. And that's why you'll find that the two pain creams that I make will never separate. And so what you're seeing, I think, on the marketplace is actually, you know, uh, formulas that are thrown together um, that aren't actual true emulsifications. There also is a step down from a from an emulsification when you're talking about suspending. So it's like a lip butter, for instance. You don't need an emulsifier. You, there is a little bit of water in that, but you actually keep the formula suspended and separated until it cools by actual inertia. So for those types of products, it's all about the physical centrifugal force to keep the product blended well while it cools. But there's, you know, it's about level of sophistication and what type of products. If if you're started just simply starting now out to make topicals, you want to start with something simple like a massage oil or a lip balm. So you've got a really great reputation. I mean, not only do you do a lot of cannabis outreach, but people know you to be a product development nerd, I dare say, and that you build <laughs> you build your 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 lotions and salves from scratch. And so a lot of our listeners as entrepreneurs are are going to be figuring out their own formulas. Do you have any good advice for them for for finding their own formula as far as the, the testing goes or uh, you know creating and comparing different ingredients because I've tried to do this myself and sometimes I forget which batch is A and which batch is B and what had what in it. I'm sure you've done that for months and months. So what you have any words of advice for folks who are who are jumping into developing their own product now? Yes, absolutely. I mean, first of all, do some research. I can tell you that 
you know, most of my formulas are from the research that I did in natural cosmetics or natural botanicals. And so, you know, do do some research first. When you actually start to do your test batch, you know, make sure that you take copious notes. And then, you know, really, please do not put these products on the, on the shelves until you have had six months of research and development. You know, what happens is you're risking your entire reputation if you put a product on the market and then it starts to mold or it starts to separate. You actually need to do that in your lab or in, in your facility to make sure that those things don't happen before you expose your brand to those kinds of um, negative, you know, feedback. That's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about the product molding. How terrible would that be to do an entire run of something and then heat seal it and then ship it out and maybe it sits for a little bit and they bring it home and they open it and it's moldy. Gosh, that is not a good way to start with your customer. No, it's not. But unfortunately, it does happen, especially, you know, I just want to make the note that, you know, people that are making commercial, chemically preserved products don't have that to worry about. But if we really are going to focus on natural products, it is an absolute concern of ours. I mean, look at a company like Lush. Lush recommends, you know, one of the most natural cosmetic body care companies in the world. They recommend refrigeration for many of their products. And, you know, you might argue the same for some of these products because the more natural, the more susceptible they are to rancidity, you know, so it's all about care. You never want to, you know, natural products, you never want to keep them in the light, the heat, or, you know, expose them to too much air because that, that exposes them to rancidity. You know, I think mold. that's a... I think that's a really good uh, example, too, because I, I adore Lush products. I love how natural they are. They've got fantastic smells. And, you know, I'm willing to pay a little bit more premium price because I know that there's nothing toxic in it for me. And I'm even willing to put it in the fridge, which is, you know, a minor inconvenience because I want it to, uh, to be able to stay fresh for me. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. And I did want to add one more thing, you know, for, for entrepreneurs that are just starting out, that it's really important that you be um, – fully uh, uh, transparent. You know, you really need to put, I, in, in our industry, because we've, <laughs> because of the history of our industry, not everybody has been uh, forward with their ingredient list. And I think that's really important, especially for patients. They're sensitive to allergies. They need to know exactly what's in these formulas. So full ingredient list is definitely super important. I think that's a great note. That's a good idea. And and so those notes would go on the packaging. So let's talk about your packaging. Um, sure. I, I adore your packaging. It, it's simple. It's colorful. It's easy to read. I dare say it's fun. And, 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 you know, when you look at the other products on the market, sometimes you've got people doing prod, uh, package design who are less experienced. They're, they're using fonts that are mismatched or hard to read or, or too small for a lot of folks like me who wear glasses. And, and you seem to have uh, discoed around all of those challenges. So, so what, you know, how did you come to your brand? Was it just something that came to you fully born or did you do focus groups or how did you get to the visual representation of your brand? <laughs> well, fully born after 20 years. You know, <laughs> cannabis, cannabis Basics was Cannabis Creations and then Cannabis Creations Body that started in 1995. And if you look at the evolution of our logo, uh, it, it, it's pretty crazy. And the best advice I could, I could give to entre- entrepreneurs is to pay professionals 
do this type of work for you. If you are not a graphic designer, you should not be doing this work for yourself. You can come in with your ideas. My graphic designer has been brilliant because really I was really strong about what I wanted, but she was able to craft it in a way that made sense and was timely and was beautiful. You know, for instance, inside of our logo, you know, most people, even dedicated fans of Cannabis Basics, they don't actually see the subtleties of our logo. We've got four hands inside the negative space of the of the marijuana leaf, and you know it's just really beautiful. And it's those subtleties that you don't necessarily see that mean a lot in a logo. And just along this this vein, I wanted to let you know that Cannabis Basics was just awarded the first ever federal trademark with the word cannabis and the leaf in the same marking. So this wow, just congratulations. Like, That's a big deal. Thank you. It's the first of its kind, definitely in my category, I believe in the entire, you know, marketplace. So it's a big big deal and we're super super proud to be leading the way. That's fantastic. So so you're clearly going to be taking your brand national as allowed by law state by state. Have you been able to do any interstate brand development at this point to kind of help warm up uh, the customer bases in the different states and to, you know, maybe cause them to want to buy it when they come here to Washington? Sure. I, I mean, a little bit. I, you know, I'm so Washington centric focused that I haven't really done a whole a whole lot. I mean, I've been in some national magazines, and I've I've been a judge and a presenter at the High Times Cannabis Cup. Um, my main focus is really the the mainstream marketplace here in the state of Washington. That is where you know I'm going to concentrate for the next couple of years because one, I can't take my my cannabinoid products across the state border, and two, I've just gotten this legislation passed that allows me now to sell in the mainstream marketplace. So there's plenty, plenty of market for me to focus on right here in the state of Washington. Well, the legislative part is very exciting, and we're going to talk about that right after this short break. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gondrepreneur will return. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state 
of cannabis. Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose, and our guest this week is Ah Warner of Cannabis Basics. So Ah, before the break, we were just beginning to talk about the new legislation that you've been working on um, to allow folks to be able to use cannabis products purchased just at their at their local shop instead of having to go to cannabis-centric retail stores. And, and if I get the idea generally correct, it's that once the cannabis oils are put, are mixed with the lotions, they're no longer abusable and you can't bring them out and smoke them. And so it really creates a different kind of product that should be regulated in a different way. So why don't you break it down for us? so that we understand the changes that are are coming. Yeah. So about two years ago, I can tell you that I I looked at what I needed for the future, and I went to my – our champion here in the state of Washington is Senator Cole Wells. And I went and had a a discussion with her, took her some some of my products, and she was really excited about about the potential of this as as a Washington-centric product. So I asked a friend of mine, Carrie Boyder, uh, who is a political strategist, to help me to craft some legislation that would define that difference between cannabis health and beauty aids and medical-grade topicals. Medical-grade topicals is a totally separate issue, and that's not what I'm talking about here. Medical-grade topicals are above 0.3% THC and can be highly concentrated RSOs that you use topically. Um, that could cause intoxication. What I'm talking about here are less than 0.3% THC that are not intoxicating that you would never use, that you would never ingest. And so we introduced legislation in January that actually passed and was signed into law on June 30th by Governor Inslee and went into effect on July 1st. Wow, that was fast. (laughs) It was it's like almost not unheard of, actually. Um, and so it was signed into law. And so now um, anybody here that is making cannabis health and beauty aids, so less than 0.3% THC, can now start conversations with uh, stores like Bartels and Whole Foods and Super Supplements because of this legislation. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that was involved. You know, um, Doug Hyatt... Uh, even bigger than defining these products and and allowing them to be sold in the mainstream, what it actually is, in fact, is the first chipping away of our Washington State Controlled Substances Act. These products that have marijuana in them have been removed from the Washington CSA even before industrial hemp has been removed from the CSA here in the state of Washington. So this is no small deal. Um, 
And so I want to thank the champions on that, on, on the Senate side, because I actually had two bills. They were companion bills that were moved moving through at the same time. And so on the Senate side, Senator Cole Wells was my champion, and she was able to bring uh, Senator Ann Rivers, who's a Republican, in in the second position on that bill. And then on the House side, for 1753, I recruited um, – House of Representative Cindy Ryu, and then Republican Matt Shea, who's also a hemp hero here in the state of Washington, um, came in as the second on there. So it was it had bipartisan support and had very very little opposition, if any. Um, so I would encourage you know if it, my question now is do I go state by state with this type of legislation that is is the first of its kind in the country or do I just go uh, simply to fet the federal level at this point and I think that really we need to knock a few st more states down before we actually can take it to the federal level so you know, if anybody is encouraged enough to make that happen and to do to write the legislation and to get champions behind it and to do the lobbying, certainly, you know, they can reach out to me and I will help them to um, to to guide them through that process. I think that's a real unique part of being a entrepreneur that you are modeling so well that, you know, for a lot of parts of our industry, uh, you're just making a product and you're bringing it to market based on legislation that other people fought for that the entrepreneur may not have fought for themselves, especially if they've just come into cannabis from another entirely different industry. But in your case, you're actually having to make the legislative changes that allow your products to even be purchased. That really, that's like having two businesses. It really is. You know, I consider myself, although I've been advocating for industrial hemp for 20 years um, and, and for medical marijuana for the last, I would say, three years, I really consider myself an accidental activist. You know, it really was out of necessity that I see this law created and changed the situation for my business. You know, it was... It You know, I loved being a part of the process, and now that I see how easy it is to just put find out what you need and put one foot forward, you know, I would encourage anybody to get involved and, um, and make that happen. There's one small incident that I wanted to, to quickly tell you about, and, you know, it's about engaging our youth into this process as well. When I went down to Olympia and delivered... Um, a remedy pain stick and my naked lip butter to every single office in Olympia. So 150 offices, every House of Representative, every Senate office, the House, the Governor's office, and the Lieutenant Governor's office. I took my 15-year-old son with me to do this lobbying effort, and he got to see what it's like to actually talk to these folks, to help them to understand what you need, and to actually, he's now seen our efforts now in law. So it's a pretty phenomenal, phenomenal thing. You know, and it's good for him to see, but it's also good for all of us to hear the way that you've blended, blended your entrepreneurial spirit with your activism and then actually taken action about it instead of just complained about it. Wow, that's really great. Well, ah, that, that's all the time we have today. I, I profoundly appreciate you joining us today and sharing your uh, uh, deep experience. Oh, it was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored.
You can find more episodes of the Entrepreneur Podcast in the podcast section at Gontrepreneur.com. You can also find us on the Cannabis Radio Network website and in the Apple iTunes Store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. Thanks, as always, to Brasco for producing our show. I am your host, Shango Los. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.